This is Sunrise, the who, what, when, where, why, and WTF of Florida politics. I'm Rick Flagg reporting from Tallahassee on the cavalcade of candidates investing our state as Election Day draws near. Vice President Mike Pence braved the rain Saturday to spread the gospel of Donald Trump here in Tallahassee. It is great to be in what is usually the Sunshine State. But even when it's raining, you can tell the panhandle is Trump country. But it is great to be with all of you today. Thank you for coming out. Thanks for sticking it out in the rain. I couldn't be more grateful. Pence spoke the same day former President Barack Obama was campaigning for Joe Biden in Miami-Dade and accused Donald Trump of behavior that puts Florida man to shame. Florida man wouldn't even do this stuff. Why are we accepting it from the president of the United States? It's not normal behavior. You shake your head and you think, well, you know what, that's just him. But... There are consequences when a president behaves that way. The former president spoke after the current president showed up at an early voting site in West Palm Beach to cast his ballot and to try to create more doubts about voting by mail. It was a very secure vote, much more secure than when you send in a ballot, I can tell you that. Everything was perfect, very strict, right by the rules. When you send in your ballot, it could never be like that. It could never be secure like that. As you no doubt expected, the president voted for himself. The state health department reported just 12 fatalities from COVID-19 Sunday. That's one of the lowest daily casualty counts on record. But remember, the weekend numbers are always low because of the way they're reported. There's been an increase in new COVID cases, almost 24,000 over the past week. But the governor says he won't be reinstating any sort of health restrictions. We have the tools that we need. We've got the PPE. We've got the testing capability. So we are not going to revoke any of this. There have now been 778,000 COVID cases in the Sunshine State. We'll also have your daily calendar of political events on today's podcast, along with the stories of two Florida men, one of whom called 911 to report tiny aliens. The other covered himself in trash bags before setting fires that damaged or destroyed a dozen garbage trucks. And now the top stories on Sunrise for Monday, October 26th. It was on this date in 1942 that the U.S. aircraft carrier Hornet was sunk by the Japanese during the Battle of Santa Cruz in World War II. Hornet launched the first U.S. attack on the Japanese mainland earlier that year. Jimmy Doolittle led the raid on Tokyo, and while damages were minimal, it was a huge morale booster at a time when the Japanese appeared to be invincible. The pilots who flew their B-25 bombers off the flight deck of the Hornet were known as Doolittle's Raiders, and they trained for that mission at Eglin Field in Valparaiso, Florida. It's why the teams at nearby Northwest Florida State College in Niceville are called the Raiders. Election Day is still more than a week away, but more than 5.7 million Floridians have already voted. Two million people showed up at one of the early voting sites over the past week. 3.7 million have voted by mail. Democrats lead in voting by mail, Republicans lead in early voting, and 786,000 of those early votes actually came from people with no party affiliation. A new survey shows Democrat Daniela Levine-Cava with a 15-point lead over GOP rival Steve Bovo in the race for mayor of Miami-Dade County. The poll by SEA Research, which was first reported by Florida Politics, shows Levine-Cava at 45, Bovo at 30, and 25 percent undecided. The poll also shows Biden leading Trump in Dade by a margin of 58 to 37, with 21 percent undecided. Hard to imagine there are still that many undecideds in the presidential race. As the campaigns head into the final stretch, they're doing everything they can to get your attention in the Sunshine State. Vice President Mike Pence even came to Tallahassee over the weekend, dodging the rain to speak to about 500 supporters on the tarmac at the airport. 
It is great to be in what is usually the Sunshine State. But even when it's raining, you can tell the panhandle is Trump country. <laughs> and we are just 10 days away from another great victory all across the panhandle, all across Florida, and all across America. But it is great to be with all of you today. Thank you for coming out. Thanks for sticking it out in the rain. I couldn't be more grateful. We're all here for one reason and one reason only. And that is that Florida and America need four more years of President Donald Trump in the White House. That's what it's all about. It's amazing to think. Four years ago, a movement was born. A movement of everyday Americans from every walk of life. Here in Florida, you believe we could be strong again. You believe we could be prosperous again. You said yes to President Donald Trump in 2016. And I know that Florida is going to say yes to four more years of President Donald Trump in 2020. But I just, I love seeing you all out tonight. It really is great. Pence's Tallahassee visit came as news broke that several of his top aides, including the chief of staff, had tested positive for coronavirus. The Trump campaign says Pence does not have it and will continue to campaign, even though standard medical protocol would be to put him in quarantine. The VP spoke in Tallahassee shortly after former President Barack Obama held a drive-up rally in South Florida, where he urged the crowd to ignore the misinformation being peddled by Joe Biden's opponents. Some of the rhetoric you're hearing down here in South Florida, it's just made up. It's just nonsense. I, listening to, to the Republicans, you think Joe was more communist than the Castros. Don't fall for that garbage. Don't fall for that okie doke. Joe Biden, <laughs> Joe Biden is not a socialist. He was a senator from Delaware. He was my vice president. I think folks would know if he was a secret socialist by now. What is true is he'll stand up for ordinary people. What is true is he'll stand up for workers. What is true is he'll stand up for a higher minimum wage. What is true is, is he'll stand up for affordable housing. What is true is he'll go promote human rights in Cuba and around the world, and he won't coddle dictators the way our current president does. And let me tell you something else about Joe Biden. Joe Biden's tough. You know, something that you can't really say about this president, he likes to act tough and talk tough. He thinks scowling and being mean is tough and being rude is tough, but when 60 Minutes and Leslie Stahl are too tough for you, you ain't all that tough. You, if you got to walk out of a 60 Minutes interview, then you're never going to stand up to a dictator. If you're spending all your time complaining about how mean reporters are to you, you're not going to stand up to Putin. In what may be one of the worst insults of the campaign, Obama said Donald Trump is worse than Florida man, and the former president says we are all suffering from Trump fatigue. With Joe and Kamala at the helm, you won't have to think about them every single day. 
There might be a whole day where they don't be on TV. There might be a whole day where they don't tweet some craziness. You won't have to argue about them every day. It won't be so exhausting. Just having a, a normal president. You'll be able to go about your lives knowing that the president's not going to suggest injecting bleach or retweet conspiracy theories about secret cabals running the world or claiming that or retweeting that the claim that Navy SEALs didn't actually kill bin Laden. We're not going to have a president that goes out of his way to insult anybody who he doesn't think is nice enough to him. We won't have a president who threatens people with jail for just criticizing him. That's not normal behavior, Florida. You wouldn't tolerate it from a coworker. You wouldn't tolerate it from a high school principal. You wouldn't tolerate it from a coach. You wouldn't tolerate it from a family member. Florida man wouldn't even do this stuff. Why are we accepting it from the president of the United States? It's not, it's not normal behavior. And, it, you know, you, you, you shake your head and you think, well, you know what, that's just him. But there are consequences to this. There are consequences when a president behaves that way. It emboldens others to be mean and cruel and divisive and racist. When you have a president who cannot cannot call out or even criticize white supremacists, that's a problem. That sends a bad message. It frays the fabric of all of our lives. It affects the way our children see things. It affects the way that our families get along. It affects the way the world looks at America. And in the meantime, it distracts us from the truly destructive actions that the cronies he's placed all across the government are taking, actions that are affecting your lives every single day, even when it's not reported on, even when you're not paying attention to it. Obama made those remarks shortly after Donald Trump cast his ballot and threw some shade on the safety of voting by mail. The president spoke briefly after leaving an early voting site in West Palm Beach Saturday. It was a very secure vote, much more secure than when you send in a ballot, I can tell you that. Everything was perfect, very strict, right by the rules. When you send in your ballot, it could never be like that. It could never be secure like that. Uh, they've done a fantastic job over here, great people inside. So, uh, but it's an honor to be voting. It's an honor to be in this great area, which I know so well. Uh, crowds have never been, I don't think there's ever been anything like this, this tremendous spirit. I hear we're doing very well in Florida, and we're doing very well, I hear, every, every place else. So thank you very much, and you're going to be very busy today, because we're going to work you hard. Who did you vote for today? Uh, I voted for a guy named Trump. <laughs> thank you very much, everybody. There's no proof of widespread fraud with voting by mail, and the president has used that system in the past. But it doesn't fit the narrative the campaign is spinning now, so this time Trump voted in person.
First daughter Ivanka Trump will be in Florida tomorrow to stump for dad. She'll appear at the Nathan Benderson Park in Sarasota at approximately 1.30. Doors open at noon. She'll also be appearing at Bayfront Park Amphitheater in Miami at 5.30. Doors at 4. You can get tickets online, but you'll have to sign a waiver promising not to sue if you contract COVID-19. Next on Sunrise, the latest on the pandemic. But first, a word from the sponsors. You're listening to the Sunrise Podcast from Florida Politics, and we are much obliged. Predict It is like the stock market for all things politics. Instead of trading stock in companies, you're investing money into your opinions on everything from election results to how many times President Trump will tweet this week. It's easy and only costs a few bucks to get started. Our podcast listeners can get a special introductory offer by visiting predictit.org slash promo slash F-L-A-P-O-L. Try it today. Welcome back to Sunrise. Sunday's death toll from COVID-19 was one of the lowest on record. Only 12 more fatalities reported by the health department. Now, that sounds great because Florida has actually been reporting an average of 66 fatalities per day over the past week. But, you know, the weekend numbers are always low. Over the past week, the Sunshine State saw 24,000 new cases, 1,200 new hospitalizations, and 462 newly reported fatalities. But Governor Ron DeSantis is encouraged by some of the other metrics, like visits to the emergency department or intensive care units. The total number of patients being treated for COVID statewide in ICUs is the lowest it's been, I think, since the beginning of June at the end of May. Um, and so you've continued to see that trend, and you've also continued to see um, you know, relatively stable uh, visits to the emergency department uh, for COVID-like illness. You know, they'll bounce around to a certain extent um, naturally, even if things are even if things are fine. So some of it's noise, some of it's signal. But I think the the ED visits are down dramatically from where they were at the beginning of of July, and so that's something that obviously you, you monitor as well. But I also think that. You know, we look now at what's happening in different parts of the country, different parts of the world. Some of these areas that have had real harsh policies are still seeing, you know, big, big outbreaks. Um, you're seeing it in Europe. You're seeing it in, in parts of the Midwest here. Since the governor believes mitigation doesn't really work or may do more harm than good, it should be no surprise he is not going down that road again, no matter how bad things get over the winter. When asked if he would reinstate visitation limits at nursing homes if there's another surge of the virus, DeSantis said that's up to the companies that own those homes, not government. We have the tools that we need. We've got the PPE. We've got the testing capability. And, um, and we're going to trust them to continue to move forward. So we are not going to revoke any of this. Um, you know, these facilities, if they have situations, they obviously can, can make uh, decisions uh, that's in the best interest of their residents and the families. And we support them doing that. But um, you had some of these things had no visitors for a long time. And even locally, there was even other restrictions in the community, and you still had outbreaks. And so it'd be one thing to say, like, oh, if you didn't have this, you definitely wouldn't have outbreaks. That is just not true. So I think the overall, the most compassionate and humane policy is provide the tools, provide the PPE. Obviously, people understand this this virus much better than they did six or seven months ago. Um, Continue to do that but also continue to have the pathway for the families to be there for their loved ones. The governor is making an announcement later this week about more money for mental health services. That, too, is all part of the fallout from the pandemic. 
Your calendar of events is mercifully short today. The Tallahassee Community College trustees meet at 2.30. And at 3, Florida International University holds a geopolitical summit on climate change. A Florida man is jailed after calling 911 to report he was seeing aliens. 28-year-old James Florent of Vero Beach told dispatchers they were tiny and he didn't want to go all Independence Day on them. That's a reference to the 1996 action movie where aliens invade Earth only to be destroyed by Will Smith and Jeff Goldblum. Now, this dude actually made three calls to the emergency line at the Indian River Sheriff's Department. The first to report three shots had been fired. In the second call, he confessed to stealing tape and insect repellent from a dollar store. The third call was when he said they were aliens. And a deputy saw the whole thing because he was there looking for evidence of a gun being fired. The dude's been charged with abusing the 911 system. Finally today, authorities are searching for the Florida man wearing goggles and garbage bags who torched a dozen trash trucks doing millions of dollars in damage. Surveillance footage from Waste Pro in Pompano Beach shows a man carrying a gas can before lighting a truck on fire at the back of the property. Then as he walked toward the front of the gate, he began lighting several other garbage trucks on fire as he went. All in all, the fires resulted in the loss of a dozen garbage trucks valued at more than $3 million. That's it for today's installment of Sunrise. I'm Rick Flagg in Tallahassee, inviting you to join us again tomorrow as we plumb the depths of Florida politics.